cultivating some qualities of firmness and openness. Seemingly contradictory, but uh, one of the uh, features of a retreat is because there's a strong uh, emphasis on moral conduct and on safety and on mutual respect, we can feel a little bit open. You know, we don't feel so uh, on guard. You need to be so much on guard. So you get a sense of spaciousness around you. And the silence also, people not conversing, you realize that your, your mind opens because there isn't that impact that you need to respond to. It's a special situation that allows that. When a lot of phenomena are impacting you, things you've got to do, think about, and so forth, then naturally the mind is more activated. When there isn't that, it tends to open up. The quality of awareness opens up. This is exactly why we use these basic forms. And centering in your, your sense of your body, and the first way you enter that sense of your body is by recollecting or bringing to mind a sense of here, just right here. What is exactly right here? Not as a thought, but the experience, the direct felt experience of being here. Now, what I'm saying here, I'm not talking about geographical location, but a felt location. Things happen to me. But where, where is the me? It's a location. This is so, and then you build up the sense of feeling that. Feeling that through the, uh, the feeling basis, which is of which the body is one and the mind is another. Mm-hmm. So the bodily sense of feeling here and steadying in that, and feeling that how how is the ground? What's your basis? So the fat, very grounding basis of the body, which should be your your thighs, your legs, your feet there, and then. How does that extend, sensing the upright features aspect of embodiment? There's your firm center, your your initiation into the firm center and the open space. Now as we recognize the mind itself has other other agendas. (laughs) And it's a nature is to jump from this to that and that's kind of what it's designed to do so a lot of our lives we're formulating experience thinking about things planning remembering where's that where's that adjusting things so it does this jumping around from this to that Uh, and in that jumping around we don't necessarily we lose the sense of being here and being open we don't necessarily really get the understanding of how necessary is that jumping around? What's its quality? Is it agitated, worried, forceful? Um, what's it doing? What's the tonality of that? Does it just become habitual? So it just jumps around because that's what it's used to doing. And this jumping around uh, is uh, called uh, chetana, volitional tendencies, intentions, impulses. 
of which there may be happy ones and unhappy ones, uh, skillful ones and unskillful ones. Uh, With the meditation, we're not so much taking issue with where it goes, what it goes to, that's part of it, but also the fact that it goes, just that jump. Then creating firmness so that it it can rest somewhere. It doesn't have to jump. Create the openness because there's nothing to jump to. You don't have to figure out what to do next. You don't have to have a plan. You don't have to deal with a lot of sense impact because we're quietening all that down. There's nowhere to jump to, really, although your mind probably keeps doing it because it's habituated. So it tends to jump to the future, the past, yourself, how am I, what am I doing, what am I supposed to do, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, or it jumps to other people, you know, my partner, my mother, my father, my son, my work colleagues, and so it jump, jump, so it does that. Where are they? They're not here. <laughs> Just sort of let them go. Let your idea of yourself also go. Don't worry about yourself. Don't criticize yourself. Uh, don't try to become something. Or at least recognize those habits. How am I? Am I doing? Am I okay? What's this? Aim here is if you want to develop anything, get good at not jumping. That is resting. This is a powerful tendency of mind to do this, so it's something we some begin to realise with some perhaps some astonishment. Wow, I don't this is <laughs> it's very habitual. Yeah. So this is why we kind of begin to use meditation systems in order to counteract that. And we'll go into that in a little while. The other thing that uh, that occurs is the mind will tend to slide, it just drifts. Fuzzy, drifting, musing, wandering off. Not really here either. We're in a sort of Nether world, drifting a little bit. Not exactly asleep, not exactly awake, just drifting. Which is kind of peaceful in a way, mm-hmm. but uh, no, it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't arrive at anything, it just, it just enjoys drifting. <laughs> so the firmness is lost. And the clarity of openness is lost. It's, fog, it's sort of misty, foggy, drifting in something misty, dreamy. Is, these are the two, ones that one might say is hyper, where it's just jumping, like a, you know, something on a hot plate. The other is hypo, when it's, it's dreaming. It's no, got no collected energy to it. So these features, and naturally some of that Jump drifting can be rather unpleasant and agreeable. Same with the jumping, it can be very unpleasant when we 
jumping with alarm, with panic, with worry, with anxiety, with irritation. Yeah. Or it could be excited. Oh, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, I can do that. Yeah, that would be great, get that done. But either losing something rather precious, firmness, openness. And some of this is also um, quite convincing. So we could uh, get a big strategy of how to meditate and do this and do that, do this and do that, remember this and this and this. And this. No, 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 we don't, don't even do that. I could organize this and make this work. And, you know, just don't, don't do that. Just try to relax. Now, most of us, because this is pretty much what the mind is trained to do, to be an effective person in society, and then we relax by drifting. And meditation avoids those, those patterns, counteracts those patterns. The first, um, Hmm. process, if you like, I I would like to uh, present and invite you to participate in, is using a sound as something that gives the mind something to sit in, or rest in, or formulate. It's a very simple experience, making a sound, and, and sustaining attention on the sound, until the sound fades, using the sound of your own, your own vocal system, your own voice. And uh, this naturally uh, is embodied because we have to use our breath and our vocalizing system to, to bring that out. So it keeps you here in the bodily sense. The feeling of it is pleasant, gentle, just tonally bright, because we make a nice pure vowel sound, so it's a long, steady, bright sound. It doesn't have to be forceful, it can be quite low volume. And you're lengthening your attention over the span of that sound, and then when the sound fades, you hear the silence after it. What making the sound does is it keeps the mind open and listening. And then when the sound fades, you're still in that open, listening space for a few moments. And you then pick the sound up again and do it again. So the sound opens the silence, opens the mind into the silence. And one of the uh, helpful factors of making sound is that you can't be forceful. Well, you could, but this isn't the aim. Uh, There's a light holding, light flexible holding of of mind and body that generates that sound. That's kind of what we, that is an introduction to the mental factor called 
mindfulness, which you might have heard and know, which is a light, steady, sustained, supple kind of holding of the mind. It's not compressed, it's not fixed, it allows phenomena to flow through, and yet it maintains a certain boundary to it. So it's embodied, it, the tone of it is quite bright or sweet or agreeable. Uh, um, you use it to lengthen your attention over one, one particular phenomenon rather than jumping onto the next thing. And it opens the silence where your mind is just poised, listening, attentive. So I will introduce and use um, three sounds. Vowel sounds, because vowel sounds are the open sounds. Uh, and But first of all, uh, to use your body properly in this, you draw the your spine up without forcing it. Drop your shoulders so that your chest is open in an unstrained way. And the abdominal area is not compressed by the weight of the chest tipping over onto it. And then you relax your throat as if, and you uh, uh, keep the throat open. Take an out breath, a long out breath, feeling the breath blowing <coughs> over the vocal cords and over the, through the throat. So take a nice long out breath. And gradually use enough of your vocalization system to experience a sigh when you breathe out. You finish the out breath, wait for the inhalation through the nostrils, fill you up completely. And then again, a long out breath. The first proper audible sound would be the sound, nice long round O. See if you can get a sense here. First of all, you hear me doing it, and as soon as you hear me doing it, your body and your mind will immediately, oh, that's that sound, and you'll be able to do that. 
So please follow along uh, when you feel ready to the sound, forming the sound. be surprised at how long that <laughs> can be and also feel those t- the tingling resonances that occur in your body as you make the sound your body acts like a sounding board of a violin to resonate the sound it happens <clears throat> mostly through the bones but also through certain chambers uh, in, in the vocal cords and so forth so, and then you feel that so the sound is no longer just an idea, it is felt. It's carefully held and it's also directly physically felt, you feel the reverberations, and also emotionally felt. It's a soothing, unhurried, relaxing sound as those emotional tones. And then the next sound we will do this one bring your attention to the breastbone, the centre of your chest, and we use the sound. Long breath. silence notice how that is generating a sense of an openness it's attentive 
it's not compressed it's not predicting where to place attention it's just open attention and yet also it's centered so it's firm because it's sustained over the flow of a phenomenon this is an important handling to get a feel for this is why you, you, you use something pretty direct like that because the tendency can be to, to crush when we handle we hold things too hard the grip trying to concentrate on something or we try to push it along to get the next thing where's this mean get on to the next thing yeah and, and it's very really uncomfortable so the mind tends to struggle and jump out or drift off it's exactly this jumping and drifting that we want to counteract but you don't do that through forcing it you don't do that through suppressing it in fact the mind will rebel against that and try to force its way out or it will just numb out at the same time if you don't have that sustained attention you go into the dream drift and you probably start mind will probably start jumping around in that sooner or later this sustaining quality of mindfulness so let's go to the next of the three sounds I want to bring up today this one is the sound and for this one bring your attention up to your throat or your head but mostly from the throat on up the sound here is is the sound
go to listen to the silence after the sound, the sound opens the silence. So creating a phenomenon deliberately that your mind can track without gripping hard, without planning it. Mind has to, doesn't have to do it, the body does it. So the mind is somewhat relaxed from its doing energy. Yeah. So it follows what's happening rather than predicts it or holds it or makes it happen body can do that so relax is the quality of doing but at the same time it is engaged the quality of engagement or attention is neither compressed and tight or fluttering or nebulous it's clear bright and it's not compressed this mixture, this blending, is a correct kind of attention that uh, called mindfulness. Bearing something in mind, what we're bearing in mind is the flow of sound and how sound operates. And how breath operates, and how attention can be carefully cultivated so that when the sound disappears, that quality of attention, openness, brightness has been, the mind has been inducted into it. And see how that can be sustained you get a feeling for that kind of attention and you can bring this to the process of sitting here and now just tracking the breath flow before we marked it with the sound now we've not engaged a sound, but still we're still doing that long breath out, long breath in, feeling the body's muscles and bones and structures shifting through that process, and the stillness at the end of the exhale, and the stillness at the end of the inhale, and the openness gradually firming up, allowing a firming up to occur rather than be demanded or gripped.
So this is a fluid structure, like a flow of a stream, flow of a fountain. It's the fluidity that has that softness, and yet it's also has a certain liquid firmness to it. This is a very beneficial effect on the mind, what we even know mind to be. Mind begins to put aside jumping, sliding, drifting. So when you meditate in silence, you can either bring up those sounds internally, like think them, and make it that long, slow thought of that sound extending it over the exhalation, and let the inhalation be silent extend one of those sounds over in your mind over the entire flow of the exhalation wait let the inhalation be silent so you can cultivate it like that and increasingly aware of the physicality the effect of physicality the effect on your physicality there's a certain sense of you know, what the subtle muscles do in the abdomen, the chest, and the, and the open and, fl- and rather fluid. The emotional tone, which is unhurried, cooling, steadying, sweet. And the quality of attention, which is open, mindful, around body, breathing in and breathing out. So let's take some time to practice directly in silence. <coughs> 